Yes, 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 yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Deep. Bro. And we're back. Episode 34. That's right. 3-4. I don't know where I'd be without you, Martin. <laughs> Keeping me chipper with your, uh, you know, your over-enthusiastic attitude. Makes me smile. That's me all day, son. Let's get it. For all you new listeners. Oh, there's been there. some talk about the Randy Master. I've seen out on the social medias, people are talking about the Randy <laughs> Master. <laughs> You're talking about that guy that sent me that message? Yeah, you got a comment. <laughs> you, you got a comment on one of your skipping videos. Martin's doing the Road to World Champion Skipping Challenge that he's set himself <laughs> and he's posting daily skipping videos. So go check that out on his Instagram. But someone commented, Randy Master 5000. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They've upgraded the Randy Master. Well, may maybe we'll call it that from now. Maybe. it's a, So it's the upgraded version of the Randy Master 4000. Which is the 5000. Now it's the 5000. Who, who was that? That, that commented? Uh, somebody I work with. Someone you work with? Well, yeah. big up to them um, for, for listening and... Chad Lewis. Championing. Shout, shout out Chad Lewis um, for pioneering and championing the Randy Master, which we will now boot up. That's right. For people that don't know, it allows us to randomly select a film from our library that is put together from the big list on uh, Letterboxd, if you swing over to Olin94 on Letterboxd, you can see what films we make our selections from. So, I believe it's your turn, Martin. Is it? Uh, that's what I think. I could be dead. Are we doing the countdown now? Or? Oh, well, no, no, no. That, that's that's coming in a future episode. The the brand new upgraded countdown. Fair enough. Um, but we'll stick with the traditional one for, for the second. Okay. So, at the count of five... Four, three, two, one. And the film that we are watching this week on It's Not That Deep Bro is The Iron Giant 1999 animated classic. Okay. Let's do this. Okay, let's do this. It's meant happening. It's meant to be it's meant to be a great film, Martin. Who's it by? Oh, Steven Spielberg is involved, but I don't know if he was the director. It's got Jennifer Aniston in it. I definitely know that. It's one of those films that I saw around a lot as a kid on a, like VHS. You'd see it in the adverts. Um, but I just never ended up watching it. Oh, it's Brad Bird, who is the director of The Incredibles and Ratatouille. Oh, damn. Okay, let's let's get it. Yeah, this is going to be good. So, yeah, get yourself a copy of The Iron Giant, and we shall see you on the other side. Peace out. Gentlemen, we are back. 
If it's not that deep, uh, we just finished watching the Iron Giant. Back with the pink case Swiss. Whatever that means. <laughs> the Iron Giant, Brad Bird. Oh, I'm teary-eyed, Martin. Are you? I'm not going to lie. That film had me. Had me. In tears? Yeah. Just like, you know when your tear ducts fill up and you'll get like maybe one or two tears just coming down? Not like, like <laughs> sobbing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just welling up. I think that's what it's called. That film had me welling up. Why? Give me, give me your opinion on that film. Oh, God. It's like Shrek. It's the same like premise, like a big uh, unknown entity comes into a human situation and everyone's terrified of it. And, it, you know, it's the judge in the book by its cover. Let's kill it. Whole, we don't understand it, so we need to kill it sort of thing. And that... That's just a human race in a... A nutshell. Yeah. And that's it makes me sad because it is very true, this, like, what we've seen. The way that the humans responded in this film is pretty accurate to how humans actually respond. And it's only one, though. One human. Well, he specifically is a very fearful character, the mm -hmm. CIA agent. He's, like only out for himself he just wants to live he doesn't care about any he's very selfish you know mm -hmm. he's, he's only thinking about himself and he's he's funny he made me laugh that character in his mannerisms but he's a terrible person you know <laughs> this this film had like some um tom and jerry vibes you know with some of the scenes that were happening well, like, like the slapstick, co yeah the comedy yeah yeah or like, like scooby-doo yeah yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, like when the that hand was in the toilet and he went in, looked and obviously Mom <laughs> closed the door and it closed the door on his face and he, oh yeah I'm fine. It doesn't don't worry about it. If somebody closed the door in your face, oh my goodness. Yeah, the, when he's first introduced and he opens the door and he's like, Hello <laughs> and yeah. just shut instantly. Yeah, it was very slapstick. Its animation style was like pretty unique and mm -hmm. fun. You could tell that it was like Brad Bird writing Ratatouille and The Incredibles. It had, I could feel his presence in the script and just that whole Pixar vibe. vibe it was handled there. It looked wonderful. Like, think of how old that is. 1994. I think so, yeah. Let's just get a, a little bit of information on this film going. I believe it's 94. Let's see. I've just typed in the giant iron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is wrong with you? It's 1999. <laughs> but it began development in 1994. Um, oh. Yeah, so, so it was released in 99. That's quite a long time. But still, I think it looks absolutely fantastic for that. That era. Yeah, that era, definitely. It's uh, Definitely has its... Um, it's unique. Yeah, it's uniqueness. I also love that it was set and framed by the whole space race, the 1950s, the first thing you see is Sputnik coming across the sky. And um, it's it's a topic I've actually spoke about before, probably in like the Close Encounters episode or like some of the ones that have been about extraterrestrials and whatnot. The Sputnik terrified everybody like in England and in just in the Western world because they the public's perception was that Russia wasn't that powerful to be able to beat America and England to putting something in space. Yeah. And yeah. then when they, it wasn't like announced in the Western world, like, you know what I mean? It was just like, 
it happened. And yeah. everyone was like, oh my God, we didn't know Russia could do that. And it caused and, <laughs> this whole panic, the Sputnik panic, which subsequently led to the Red Scare, which is the eternal fear of communism that exists in the capitalist world. You know, those damn Ruskies coming over to make us all communists. It's it, That's an idea that's been pushed by like the Western governments since the end of World War Two, and it it is what frames this whole film. The you see the fear that exists within the military-industrial complex. You know, they shoot first, so we can understand what it is. Getting to know it isn't even like on the table. No, not even like understanding the people around it either, because they're like, you know what, we ain't gonna listen to these people. Just shoot. There was Shoot a, it. There was a great bit where um, Dean McCoppin... Oh, not Dean, sorry. Um, Where's his name? I'm looking at all these... Uh, I'm looking at the cast list and I'm trying to find the... Um, Kent Mansley. Yeah, Kent. Yeah, Kent Mansley speaks to Hogarth about why it's so important that the American government understand what this thing is. And he's saying... It is a foreign object. And you know what foreign implies? That it was not built by us. And because it's not built by us, that gives us cause to think that it's a threat. Destroy it. Yeah, yeah. which that's like the real attitude of like the military to this day. I think everyone, every like country would be the same. But it's so wrong. Yeah. It's it's yeah. such a negative attitude. In With terms something of, that like literally about to about to assassinate a whole fucking army, bro, just by itself. Like, why would you just be like, let me start shooting it straight away? It's running away, so I'm going to keep shooting it. It got me, away. yeah, it got me teary-eyed because even the giant itself is having a crisis of deciding whether it's an offender or a defender. Mm -hmm. If it, it, obviously, you get a little insight into where it came from when, when it has that kind of dream. Mm -hmm. And you see... The robot planet. Yeah, or the vibe I got was like it was a planet and the robots were built to defend it. Sort Maybe. of thing. They, Maybe. Yeah, they looked like like defensive drones. But that could be like them invading. It could be. There's a, it, It's kind of open, that scene, which I like. Because mm -hmm. you don't get the full explanation of who the giant is and where he came from. But you still... It opens a load of questions, which is nice. Um, he is struggling with the concept of whether, like when he says, I'm not a gun, the whole gun idea. Mm -hmm. And that's a real kind of uh, battle that you have in your own head. I think everyone goes through at some point. You decide whether you're like on the offense or the defense. Am I going to like be ultra offensive and like some people like being like you know what i mean jabbing people and irking them in the way that they present themselves yeah. and then other people play it defensive and i guess in human reality it's a fine line of like walking that you know what i mean like you, you use a bit of both offensive play and defensive play in your life <sighs> no no i don't well i don't I don't think so. Like, what? 
Well, it's like when you're in my flat at pre-drinks, jumping up and down to the song Hard As A Motherfucker <laughs> by Jay-Z and Kanye West. I consider you're Hard. on the offense. Yeah, that stands for who? Hard As A Motherfucker. <laughs> I know. Um, you were just... A, that's offensive to... that. Everything in the room is offended by that. <laughs> I'm about I, I to go ahead! I don't think that... Um, that sort of behavior, it's offensive. Like... I don't think it's offensive. Well, that's why I do it. If it was offensive, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but then that that's what I'm saying. It's not necessarily bad. No. You know what I mean? Like comedy, offensive things are funny. That's why we watch like comedy a lot. That's why South Park is what it, you know what yeah, I mean? Because yeah. they're like, but they're not hurting anyone. If it, like everything's up for debate like that. But with the Iron Giant, he's he makes like a definitive decision. He will he, he will only be defensive if he is offended upon mm -hmm. sort of thing, which is probably the best way to manage that situation, you know, that, only defend. That's everyone, bro. When you need to. But mm -hmm. Well, there are people that don't do that. They're just constantly offending people for no reason. Yeah, or being defensive. Mm -hmm. But he, it's taking a robot, something that shouldn't have, you know, uh, it deals with the concept of the soul and moral fiber. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's he, you can see him learning to like um, empathy yeah, and how this, to like care for others. Yeah, like it's not it's not just a giant robot that's killing everyone and eating everyone's like no because the nineteen. It also, I like the beginning bit because it shows a lot of like the old way of how such a term as flying saucer came to be. You know, in the 1950s, it was very kind of word of mouth, small towns, you know, an event would happen outside the village mm -hmm. and then it would spread around the village via word of mouth and this big buzz. Straight away, like everyone would know by the end of the day. Big buzz bar about this mysterious event that had happened. And that's how you end up with some of the like most famous kind of unidentified aerial phenomena cases like your Roswells and stuff like that, that is exactly the same as this, like an event that happens out in the desert, big explosion, the army turn up, then there's loads of hearsay about it. And there's only like a few, a handful of people that actually know the deal of what happened. So it, it was really cool. I just need to see what Steven Spielberg's involvement with this, if anything, I could have just completely made that up, made up the fact that he had anything to do with this film. But in my head, he's connected to this film for some reason. Why do you think he's connected to this film? It's just very, it's like in his sentiment. Yes, okay, this is why it's in my head. I was going to mention this. We went to see Ready Player One, didn't we? Yeah. The Iron Giant's in that film. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, Brogan is leaving the room. <laughs> see you later, man. Um... What's it say? I was just, yeah, here we are. People, Ready for Player One will feature the Iron Giant and people are freaking out. Mm -hmm. Plays a huge... It, it, you can see in the, you see in the trailer. Um, yeah, so Steven Spielberg actually says the Iron Giant plays a huge role in the movie. Because um, Spielberg... Yeah, he's... He's one of the... Because obviously they need to get... The whole basis of Ready Player One is like... The Easter eggs. Them, them Easter eggs, yeah. So he's one of the Easter eggs, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Replacing... So Ultra... It was, was going to be Ultraman, but they uh, 
Ultraman like the series? The character Ultraman was going to be in Ready Player One, but he got replaced by Steven, uh, by the Iron Giant. Mm -hmm. So um, the inclusion of the Iron Giant sparked controversy as the character was depicted using his arms as guns despite the original 1990 film establishing that he resists he's, violence. Yeah, so that's why I've got the Steven Spielberg connection. I mean, I'm after this, I'm going to go look into the production of this film because it... I'd just be interested in... I just feel like he has involvement in it. You know what I mean? It's very... We've watched Spielberg films before and they appeal to kids, mm -hmm. but then they're also like heavily inspired by sci-fi in the 1950s because that's when he grew up. So I guess... How old is Spielberg? I can tell you this. I can tell you this. Steven Spielberg is 74 years old. He's a veteran. Did he go to war? I didn't mean like that sort of veteran. Oh. I meant of the film industry. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, no, he was born in 1946, a year after the war ended. So his man. Yeah, his parents would have been involved. Yeah. Um, Nothing like Grave of the Fireflies, though, which is good. Oh, yeah, then there's war films, man. Some of the best films ever are, are war films, you know, because they create such... Uh, raise so many emotions everything's heightened during war the mm -hmm. happiness the sadness you know it's it's all very extreme if you're losing you're sad if you're winning you're happy yeah and i like i, I guess fair. <laughs> fear, fear would be one of the big themes of this film and how to not act out of fear mm -hmm. on if he if he can control some somebody by fear they will do a lot well, that's like, how, that's like the main way that people anything. are controlled. Mm -hmm. Like, fear, yeah. yeah, through not to get too conspiratorial, but like constant fear mongering in like the media and on social media makes people just permanently anxious, which then makes them very easy to kind of manipulate. Because people get desperate when they're scared. They think that it's the end and they think yeah. that... Uh, you can see it in, like, um, Hogarth's when Kent is mm. interviewing Hogarth and he's like, oh, yeah, something could... We can make it so that your mum is... Yeah, and I was thinking... Very well off. I, oh. I was thinking in that scene, he says really confidently... Because he uh, he's developed Hogarth's pictures, mm -hmm. and he has that one of the Iron Giant. Now that general said to him, "We've ha we hear the conversation between the general and Kent, and the general says, look, Kent, if you had some evidence, then I could send an e if there was a footprint, I could send an expert down there to take a cast of it. If you had a photo, maybe I could send some troops down, but all you have is a feeling." But then later when he's yeah. interrogating Hogarth, he, he says the picture thing so confidently. He's like, this picture will guarantee the army are going to be here. And it's like, that he's using scare tactics there because, yeah, he knows what the general actually said is maybe if you have a good photo, I can send a few troops down. Yeah. But Kent says it in a manner that's like, he's going to send the this whole photo arm. is the end of everything, yeah. like sort of thing, which They're is... They're going to come here and kill him. Yeah, straight up for... And that would I have feel like he's it's more like because Hogarth was um 
giving him the rundown all the time, like always, always dodging his questions. I'm like, just leave me alone. I don't know anything. Well, yeah. Then I thought I thought that about Hogarth as well. That he's not very good at like uh, hiding that something's going on because if you've got to you've got to make it look like to everyone else like everything's completely mm-hmm. normal. But so like obviously Kent is like it has something against Hogarth. So when he was like, I'm just gonna kill it, he didn't even think about like it wasn't just fear, it was just him like, I wanna fuck this kid up because he made me lose my job. Well, he nearly made me lose my job. Yeah, I think <clears throat> the point it shows when the minute that Kent knows yeah. that the nuke's gonna kill everyone. That's his real character that you see. Yeah, yeah. like that's the purest. That's Fuck the most America. Well, that's, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's the most honest Kent was the whole film mm-hmm. in that second just there. Um, and what you see is a scared little boy basically. Mm-hmm. But Hogarth probably yeah. hates Kent. I mean, Kent probably hates Hogarth because he's already braver than him. Yeah, yeah. And he's like confronted the giant and like fully made friends with it. Where Kent can't even comprehend the idea of the giant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it like bothers him so much that he can't. F- that it made me. It was interesting seeing the general as soon as he realized that Hogarth was alive, was rational, and yeah. was like, "Oh, what? the kid's alive for God's sakes!" Like, yeah, we can't just shoot it because he's got a kid. There was some good Toy Story touches on that. You know, Woody representing like the old way of thinking, the cowboy way of thinking i'm the sheriff of this town mm-hmm. and then a, a spaceman lands and ruins everything for him like this new new kid on the block yeah new kid on the the new wave and th- this film talk like is steeped in that like the atomic age he yeah. says we're in this new exciting age the that atomic time. age everyone thought like the future was round welcome to the world of tomorrow but it could be <laughs> if the giant Rebuilds himself. If and the people were ready for the for the giant, that I feel like they would be ready the second time around. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't they wouldn't think so irrational because he did come and well, he did save their life. You know yeah, I mean? and it, sacrifice himself. Like if, quite... if he was if it was an entity that was here to destroy everything, he wouldn't he wouldn't have done that. It's quite. Um... It's like an interesting commentary on how we actually treat the idea of like a foreign presence coming in. Mm-hmm. It's got to prove itself that it's yeah. not like yeah. here to hurt us. Yeah, but then we try to hurt it first. And it's if like, it doesn't do that in the what? right way, it's such a weird dance. Mm. It's like it's very much like when two you see like nature documentaries of two like cheetahs seeing each other in the wild. You know what I mean? And they're like like a predator and a prey situation yeah. where they're like they spend a good few minutes like scoping each other out at the beginning and there's a lot of like eye contact it's like what, what are you going to do what is this like are you coming for me yeah and yeah. that is kind of the the dance that two new entities have to do when they meet one another and it I mean it's something that I hope will we get to experience Martin in our our actual life meeting a new intelligence and having to work out yeah whether i mean that it's... would be pretty pretty amazing i believe that would be like i'm gonna start exploring the the universe bro that's what they say about the actual like army the attitude you see in this film is very realistic to how it actually is you know a lot of the people that are involved in the military are like raised in christian families and they're raised with the attitude of 
fight, serve the country, you know, and don't ask questions. And it's very... It, the army general was actually watching... Um, Follow orders and don't ask questions. Yeah. he. That's the, the whole... Army way. Yeah. He was watching cowboy westerns. Yeah. The general yeah. was. And then it cut to, like, Hogarth watching science fiction. Mm-hmm. And that's completely indicative there of the two different mindsets. But he did... He did watch... Didn't he watch... Um, some some western films like Cowboy. that's what i mean the, like no oh hogarth yeah the star i don't think so i just know the fact that he was obsessed with his comics yeah and he's yeah. like big into science fiction mm-hmm. so that is just completely it's kind of showing the new way the new attitude against these old way of the cowboy i'm the sheriff in this town there ain't this town ain't big enough for the two of us you know that whole yeah. like attitude well this town is big enough for the boat like there's no one so big that you're too no one else can exist yeah, in this yeah, town yeah, like yeah. that that but dumb. um i like the way that they showed superman in the action comics yeah that, have, have you ever seen the front cover of the first action comic no. That's like Superman's first appearance. And he's, it's not like a Superman comic or anything. It's no, It's just no, no. called... Yeah. They were called pulp magazines back in the day. Pulp magazines. Yeah, because they were made of this cheap paper called pulp. And they'd be like 25 cents. It's like the ones you find in Fallout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they're, they're the original comic books, like where all the original characters come from. And it was a lot more... So good. You had so many stories back then, because comics were just like the main form of entertainment. You had like... Just being born in that era, bro, it would have been. It would. Oh, and the music was good in this too, mm-hmm. wasn't it? There was like hints of that American graffiti, yeah, yeah, yeah. about fifties uh, ballady songs, which is great. But the the stories that would be in the pulp uh, magazines, some of them wouldn't would have characters in that you'd only see once. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like to carry on a character; it's yeah. just to tell lots of different stories. And I can go back and read them now and still find them enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. There's ideas that are still pretty modern that were, you know, concepts that were being brought up in these old science fiction comics. And it's like, oh, God, some of these could be made into like a Black Mirror episode and people would like eat it up sort of thing. It's What would you do if you saw? In that situation? A giant, Iron Giant. Yeah. I like to think I'd play it somewhat how Hogarth played it. <laughs> Do you think so? I'd the like whole to think first so. scene. Like, pre- would you run away or would you stay there? Because that was like quite hectic. You have to be like he—he he is quite a know- resourceful kid. You know? Yeah, but then no human being can actually dictate how they're going to act once the adrenaline kicks in because it changes like your thinking and mm-hmm. uh, running. I—I th- I do believe instinctively that most people would just run if they saw that because you're not like geared to have ever seen that you don't have mm-hmm. it like in your set of brain <laughs> functions like oh sort of dark that every animal you see there's a different way of acting you know mm-hmm. yeah but that just it'd be like do not compute it it would be difficult <laughs> there'd be like a, a you'd have to process it and like work really it really quick though really quickly and you'd have to think on your feet um quite a lot it'd be pretty stressful but if it you know, if I'm not definitely not in the Kent category, I'm like open and I want things to, I want to engage with well, foreign l- entities. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, it's playing that dance, isn't it? The whole. What would you do? Um, 
I mean, I would try to help it, just like Hogarth. Mm. Try to teach it words. Yeah, it was quite interesting that it learned English as the film went on. Yeah, yeah. Supplied by the smooth, supple tones of Vin Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) I still can't believe that Vin Diesel played. Yeah. Voices the giant. Yeah, Vin Diesel does voice the Iron Giant. Um, He does voice, like, a lot of other characters as well. Yeah, Riddick. What? He doesn't. He's in the He is Riddick. That's not animated. Oh, I was just saying that. (laughs) <laughs> that, that's a character that Vin Diesel plays with my Yeah, point. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, like, a lot of, like, cartoons or movies, what animated the... cartoons, he does. Really? Yeah. What yeah. other what other films is he? Oh, I couldn't tell you. Oh, you you just up. know that he's an animation yeah, mogul, yeah. but you don't know what other <laughs> any films? specific no, films. No. no. I could look that up. Yeah. Let's look that up now. All I think of when I think of Vin Diesel is Riddick and The Pacifier, which was a film where he played a babysitter that were released in about 2006 that I went to see for a friend's birthday. Wow. Go on. Wow. You've just seen something that's piqued your interest. I can no, see. No, 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 no. Yeah. Just looking at his voice acting. He's bold, man. He, he's, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. It was just an observation. Uh, he voices Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. I've, I've not actually <laughs> seen that, but I am aware of Groot. And his the fandom. Um, I mean, I'm just happy to find out that Vin, Mr. Diesel, has expanded his career past. Oh shit! Past he's Riddick. Go- he's gonna fucking play a character in Avatar too. Oh wow, man! So we've got that to look forward to. We need to watch Avatar. You know, mm-hmm. it will come up. Have you seen it? Yes, but a very long time. Yeah, ago. I saw it on like a bus journey. I was I was going somewhere, a school trip or something. But I think I'd have a lot more to say about it now. We should definitely watch it. Um Yeah, this I thought this was a really good film in in closing thoughts. I yeah. thought it it was a kids film, but it was definitely like full of real emotion and real very wholesome. Yeah, point. There's a there's a moral to this tale, mm-hmm. and as we know, I love I love the moral. To be to be fair, it's a change of pace of from the last few films we've watched. Although, obviously, apart from Batman, we do Batman, but we like to keep it. Yeah. we're all over the map as long as it's real and as long as it means something. It's not just pointless. Then I am com- I'm here for the journey. You know, of course. So that. Yeah, that that's that's a two thumbs up from me. Uh, I'd I'd highly recommend going watching the Iron Giant if if you didn't before this podcast. Make sure you get some tissues because they will make you teary eyed. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. Um, it's a very smooth episode. We just want to thank you so much and hope that you follow us on all the appropriate outlets. You know where we are. Instagram, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. We've got our own website, MIPLTD.org. And I'm Oland and I make music and you just you search my name, O L U N D, and you're gonna you're gonna find what we're doing. So we really appreciate having you round. Thank you for uh, listening. There's gonna be some And hit us up in the comments below. Tell us what you think if you've watched the film already. Hashtag Randy Master 5000. That's right.
Peace. Peace.